Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Excellent. All right, let's go. Let's go. Hello and welcome to the Man on the Post weekend review, review show. Nick, can get my words out then. My name's Chris and joining me this week, it's Dave. Hello, hello. How are you, sir? Yes, very well, thank you. It, uh, no, shake, no shaking hands from me. Oh, absolutely not. I was just saying it's been a while since we last did this. It has, yeah. Um, I don't know what's happened. Coronavirus, we're just playing that. <laughs> had to cancel it because of that. Well, uh, all our podcasts are probably behind closed doors anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Did you see the, uh, Steve Bruce taking um, taking the credit for the whole no shaking hands thing on, on his <laughs> press conference the other day? I didn't, he, but... He was uh, like, yeah, well, 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 our doctor suggested it first. Oh, like, well. oh yeah, yeah. Because that matters. Yeah, Newcastle medical staff are way ahead of the curve <laughs> in, uh, in world epidemics. <laughs> well, it's obviously not well ahead of everyone else in the, you know, treating actual injuries. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, right, so let's get, let's go straight into it then, shall we? Uh, there's been rumours that the, the Premier League is... Uh, going to be called off at any minute, anything to stop Liverpool lifting that trophy, uh, apparently. I did find it interesting that someone came out and said that if a professional player was to contract coronavirus, there is no plan. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whether that's changed now, because I think this was in midweek, but someone says, yeah, we, we don't know what would happen if a professional player uh, was to c- contract the virus. Well, I hope you'd say no more games for two weeks. Um, You'd hope so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, while Liverpool, while everyone does everything they can to stop Liverpool winning the title, they were at early game this weekend, uh, taking on their reserve team in Bournemouth. But it's not really the reserve team; it's kind of like their, you know, like the teams have the exhibition teams that they send out. You know, like where Ronnie Rosenthal gets his boots on oh, yes, every yeah. now and again. That's what Bournemouth are kind of turned into, isn't it? With all the uh, the ex-Liverpool players that they send. To spend 20 million pound on um allison decided he didn't want to play this weekend um and andy robertson apparently not injured or rested but somewhere in between mm. not quite sure what what that means maybe jürgen klopp's found out his actual shit house uh, and jordan henderson remains out so after liverpool finally lost last weekend against watford i was kind of gutted that i didn't get to record <laughs> but it would have literally just been me laughing for about two hours um did you see this game dave I did, yes. Um, I mean, it, as soon as Allison was out, I did think they're probably going to concede because I remember early on in the season when Allison was out for a prolonged period, I think obviously they kept winning, but uh, Adrian just doesn't inspire the same confidence that Allison does, I think it's fair to say. And they looked back and nerves here. Um, what were your thoughts on the, the Bournemouth goal? Did you think it was a push or do you think I, it was just... I don't think there's anything with it. If, if anything, I would say... It was just Liverpool being complacent, which I'd probably argue they have been since the West Ham game. Even in the West Ham game, you could you could argue there was um, some complacency sat in, and all their performances in the last what two three weeks uh, have had it. They've come away with some results, but then obviously they've lost a couple of games now. And and this game, I, they could have quite easily either come away with just one point or even none at all. Yeah, they um they weren't great as you say the the West Ham game, the Atletico Madrid game, obviously the Chelsea Cup game. Um, they've been below par uh, in in recent recent games. Now some of that will be down to the fact that they've pretty much won the league. Um, yeah, maybe. Uh, but they've got a job to do on one Wednesday against Atletico because they they will shit house their way to to nil nil if yeah. 
if they're not careful. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's it's surprising. As I say, I, I don't think there would be any arguments that Liverpool have not played the best football this season. You know, but they are going to win the title. Um, and, you know, and fair play to them for that. But it, it, yeah, as as they get closer to that trophy being given to them, the the players do seem to have took their foot off the gas a little bit. You know, and I think I said it last time last time we recorded about you know how Jordan Henderson fills in and stuff like that. Obviously, he's been missing for, for the last four games now. And stuff like that, and, and in the games that I've seen, like especially against Watford last week, there was no one doing that job that he does. Mm. If you know what I mean? As, as well, I mean, I think uh, Fabinho, I think, has been very, very good since he signed to Liverpool. Mm-hmm. He's looked totally out of his depth in recent in recent yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't he's know what why that is, but as well, isn't yeah, it? exactly. And I kind of believe it's Jordan Henderson who keeps them all together, but apparently it is. So. Yeah, it's mad. <laughs> I've, I've seen so many people saying that he's obviously going to be nailed on now for the uh, football of the year because obviously the voting's been taking place recently and then he's come he's come out of the team for four games and yeah they don't they don't, I'm not saying they've been brilliant at any other stage of the season but they don't even they don't look like title contenders at the moment their form is so patchy mm, that's the thing though I mean if you ask if you just look at it with you with you know your eyes you'd say who's been the best player this season everyone's going to say De Bruyne I would say yeah probably um, but as you say Henderson's hit form at the right time mm-hmm. In which people are starting to vote, and Liverpool obviously going to win the league, but yeah. um, he hasn't been the best player in the, in the whole season, has he? Like, well, well, the thing is, though, it, as I say, it's the role he performs. Players will appreciate that. Whereas, yeah. whereas Joe Public sat on the sofa with his can of Stella and his twenty Benson shouting at the TV every Sunday, he's not really going to, you know, he's not really going to see that work. That's why, like. You know, you you hardworking midfielders and your defenders and stuff don't, don't generally tend to win major awards. It's it's only when player driven awards uh, that are voted by the by your peers where you you see these sort of things. Like Kante, you'd probably argue in the season. Don't get me wrong, Kante has been very good uh, when he was at Leicester and, Ch- and title winning at Chelsea as well. But you'd probably argue that very few armchair fans would have given him a Player of the Year award. Yeah, because I think... he, he's not that. Yeah, he's not. He's not your Kevin De Bruyne. He's not your swashbuckling midfielder. He's not your twenty-goal a season striker. So they're the players that stick out to the public. But to players, they will see and appreciate the job that Henderson does, and that's going to bump him up a bit. If you know what I mean? Oh yeah, completely. It's how James Milner's got a career basically. <laughs> he, he he does the dirty stuff, doesn't he? It's how Francis Cockling got back in the Arsenal team because he does the dirty dirty role. He's not a, they're not great players. I don't think anyone would argue that James Milner right now is a fantastic player, and we probably have the same conversation about Henderson. He put, you know he probably wouldn't get into most Premier League starting 11s on ability, but then the hard the the, the role he performs in that team, which allows your Robertsons and your, your Alexander-Arnolds to, to fly forward is, is instrumental. And I think if him and Milner were to leave, I think Klopp would either have to try and find a, a, a very similar player, which I think he'd probably struggle to do because that kind of work ethic isn't there, or Liverpool would have to change the way they play. Hmm. It's weird. Yeah, well, that's a fair point as well. Uh, I mean, he's already kind of done it with Wijnaldum. Uh, you know, for, for Newcastle and his time in Holland, I would never have had him pitch as the way he's playing Liverpool now. Mm-hmm. So... I guess it can be done, but uh, it's not easy, is it? Yeah, not at all. Uh, but yeah, I say Liverpool were gifted an equaliser. Uh, young Simpson came off the bench after Steve Cook decided he'd had enough chasing Sadio Mane around. Um, came off, and I think it was literally his first thing he did was literally give the ball away. 
Yeah, I mean, it's good to see the Bournemouth Academy's got them well drilled into, you know, being the, <laughs> being the next Steve Cook. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, I mean, that was, what was he trying to do? Like, why is he trying to dribble past Sadio Mane or whoever it was? Like, it's just stupidity. <laughs> yeah, it was really strange. It's like, Liverpool nearly made a mess of it, though, didn't they? Uh, the ball to Salah for Mane wasn't great, uh, but Salah, in fairness, recovered and, and slotted it home. Well, I mean, he, he had a Ivan Neal hit through the defender's legs in, in that corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, I think the, the keeper should probably anticipate where it's going. Yeah, it should, it's one of those that you, you you wonder how it creeps in, don't you? I know. I mean, it's very accurate, but it hasn't flown in. Like, if I'm, probably being overcritical, but it's always harder when it goes through defenders' legs, as, as Chris Kamara tells us every Saturday morning without fail, <laughs> Sunday morning, whenever it's on. Um, but I just think when it hasn't flown in the corner, the keeper should be anticipating it a bit more. And it was another uh, give, uh, seized upon mistake that uh, led to the the winner, wasn't it, in the first half, uh, giving the ball away midfield, and Liverpool just. I mean, it's, it's a lovely ball from Van Dijk. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. To, the composure to intercept and then just pick a little through ball, um, but again, Bournemouth absolutely suicidal. <laughs> a lot of that this weekend, it seems. I think it's, it's the last ten games of the season, though, isn't it? The countdown is on. Um, so. I've, yeah, weirdly, some teams do seem to be on the beach already. Uh, Liverpool can win the title in two a week's time, is it? Just over a week's time now, apparently. Uh, yeah, I just read that if Man City don't take, I think it's four points from Arsenal on Wednesday night, and must be, I think it's at Burnley next weekend. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, City play Liverpool twice can... now before yes. Liverpool play next. So if they, if they take four less than four points, then Liverpool can win at Goodison on the Monday night and win the league. They'd love that, wouldn't they? I mean, that's kind of the type of thing you really want to happen if you're if you're a Liverpool fan. Like, if you're mm-hmm. going to win the league somewhere, it's going to be either Old Trafford or there, surely. Like, definitely. I say, and I say, it's interesting. Say the Arsenal game on Wednesday is the rescheduled one from last weekend. If Arsenal win that, they can go into the top six. Well, so you should be, li- could you should be, be looking. Could be an interesting game. Licking your lips at the thought of that, because from what Guardiola said today, if that's the team he sent out. Well, we'll come on to this match later on, but that's the team he sent out for the Manchester derby. And he's basically said we're prioritising the Champions League and the FA Cup. It actually makes that game on Wednesday very winnable all of a sudden. I know, yeah. It's, it, 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 it's mad looking at the table now. <laughs> Arsenal could be in the top six. Um, and Yeah, but so, so yeah, Liverpool could be lifting the title next Monday. It could be very interesting. So if not, it's definitely going to be the week after, isn't it? Yeah, oh, I mean, it's a matter of time, isn't it? Yeah, two, two, two wins. It's, uh, so they've got Everton, who we'll come on to shortly. Uh, I don't know who their next game is after that. Uh, I want to say Palace maybe because they were talking about them winning it against Palace at Selhurst Park which would be quite poetic for them because of what happened we'll come on to the rest on to Saturday's 3 o'clock set. let's start on the south coast then Dave Newcastle oh, yes. Newcastle the, the league's lowest scorers against mm. the team that concedes the most goals um, so obviously <laughs> like every other game on Saturday afternoon this finished 1-0 um, but to Newcastle I mean, we made really hard work of it, considering Southampton had 10 men for more or less an hour, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but same old problems. At least we've at least Bruce has finally changed the formation, so we've got we've gone back to the old 4-2-3-1, whatever you want to call we it. We made a lot of chances, though. We did. Um, did his best to miss all of them. Yeah, he's really failing this audition of his to prove he's finally a Premier League player. Um, it's, it's, it must be annoying, because he gets in all the positions... He yeah. just can't. He just can't finish. Um, no, I guess he hasn't played that much. So we'll give him a run of five, six games, and then we'll see where we're at with him. But we've been here a million times. I feel with Dwight Gale, not just at Newcastle, but throughout his career. 
Um, but we won, and that's you know we're thirty-five points now. It would be very, I'd be very surprised if it went down to me because even the Steve Bruce team can get five points from ten games, whatever it is. I think I think it, I think Bruce said in his post-match interview that you were practically safe now, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> we should be. Which you know, I just wish we hadn't drawn Man City in the FA Cup because that's it's, you know we don't get this far in cup competitions ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And we're one game from Wembley now, and we've been drawn against a team who have pretty much said they're prioritising it along with the Champions League. So, damn. <laughs> so you never know, though. So I know in this game you were playing against 10 men for, for the majority of after Gineppo was sent off uh, by VAR. Um, but I say, yeah, created quite a few chances, you know, and we've seen Man City, they've prioritised, the, you know, they've, they've played strong teams in the cup before and come unstuck and stuff like that. I think you've got everything to have a go at them, but... It is just having someone to put the ball in the back of the net at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, with St. Maxman, you've got uh, your real wild card, and that if he's on, mm-hmm. and, he's play- and he's playing well, then he's going to trouble anybody. Yeah. Um, which I know is a stupid thing to say, because he's got some like, two league goals this season, but um, he's, he's either always been injured or working his way back from an injury. Yeah. Um, if you can get a run of games out of him, you know, I wouldn't want to play against him. Yeah, he's got a great goal in this. Yeah, I mean that, that it helps that Jan Valery is, is. Yeah, I'm not sure what Valery is doing there. Either. We talk, we, talk, we spoke about Simpson in the Liverpool game. Yeah. It's a very similar situation, wasn't it? Well, I mean, as soon as I saw the team, I thought he can be got at. I wouldn't fancy him against Sam Axman for certain. Um, and he just dollied on the ball for too long, and obviously led to a goal. But Alex McCarthy kept just about everything out, including a penalty. It was a well well yeah. saved, in fairness to him. Um, I'm just relieved we got the win. Yeah, I say because McCarthy made that triple save early doors as well, didn't he? Like, absolutely fantastic. Um, but yeah, uh, was your first penalty in the Premier League this season? Yeah, I mean we don't really attack, so it's, it's not, <laughs> oh, not, okay. not really that much of a surprise. But it's so rare we get a player sent off against us and a penalty. I mean, in the same game, it's like Christmas has, has all come at once. It's uh, it's mad, really. But hopefully, I say now he's kind of taken the handbrake off a bit and, he, and he's got our or best players further forward, we might get a few more penalties. Do you think now you're theoretically safe that is a, a licence for Bruce to experiment a little? Because obviously he's got to start looking at next season now. They've handed contracts to uh, Shelby and somebody else this week. Matt Ritchie, who celebrated by missing a penalty. Yeah, OK. <laughs> uh, um, so, you know, you, you'd think that the, these are free hits now, aren't they? Obviously, the, I, I imagine Mike Ashley is going to want him to try and finish high up higher as up the league as he can because obviously it's like a, a million pound a place uh, and stuff like that and it is quite tight in that area from about what 15th to 15th to 7th it's quite tight. yeah I mean if we can finish in the top half it'll be an unbelievable result but uh, I'd be surprised like I say I can see us getting to the magic 40 points and switching off um, especially if we go out the FA Cup there'll be just you know, nothing really left to play for if we, if we get if we're that 40 points by then so um, I'm not anticipating a late run for Europe or anything like that, but uh, let's just stay up and we'll see what the summer brings and maybe, who knows, we'll finally get sold. OK, on to other games then. So, again, the the 1-0's continued. Uh, Crystal Palace, uh, while Roy Hudson is allowed to attend games, uh, apparently if the over-70s rule for the, to prevent the spread of coronavirus or <laughs> to safeguard elderly people from coronavirus, Roy Hodgson has said, yeah, he won't turn up to games. You know, so you know, if you, Jurgen Klopp can do it, I suppose. Um, <laughs> yeah, Palace taking on Liverpool's conquerors, Watford. I did, did, did you expect Palace to come away with a win in this game and for Watford to be so 
limp. There was very little to this, really. I mean, Watford are a really confusing team. Um, I mean, they were brilliant against yeah, Liverpool last absolutely week. Absolutely amazing uh, last weekend. Uh, Saar looked practically unplayable, and you've got you know, Pereira's very good in his day. Troydini's always a nuisance. I know you don't like him, but he is a nuisance by yeah, trade. He had a good effort in this game. I say Guita, yeah. Guata, whoever his name is, made yeah. some decent saves. Yeah, but um, it, 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 I feel like Watford should be higher up than they are because of the run they've had, but it's obviously easy to forget they were pretty much cast adrift after, what was it, seven games, eight yeah, games? They were, that... they were ter- terrible at the start of the season, weren't they? Yeah, and it took them about 13 games to win or something, didn't it? But yeah. um, I, I, I kind of thought they'd blown themselves out because they, they had a, a great run when Pearson first came in and they had a busy plateau after that and then they, they beat Liverpool and they're now out of the relegation zone on goal difference and then they lose a game like this where, where you know, Palace are one of the dullest teams in the league, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but had enough to see them off and... It's kind of the type of game Watford need to be getting something from. Yeah, definitely. So this is Palace have won three games in a row now for the first time in the in, in a while, um, and this is is it Jordan Ayew who's with them? Yes, it, it is. is yeah. This is his best Premier League season. He's got his eighth goal of the season. <laughs> well, there you go. You know, you know they're nothing but prolific. These Crystal Palace strikers. Um, well, that's seven more than Joe Linton, though. So. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> And he cost what one fortieth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was quite expensive, um, Jordan Ayew, when he went out there. But yeah, yeah. As I say, when I was looking through the fixture list this weekend, there weren't many that inspired great debate. Um, so while we're talking about uh, games that don't inspire great debate, Arsenal took on West Ham. Arsenal unbeaten this season. Uh, the uh, going out on penalties in the in a Mickey Mouse competition doesn't count. I know it was away goals, not penalties. Even worse. Um, <laughs> Uh, Lucas Torreira missed the game after a, a perfectly fine tackle against Portsmouth uh, on Monday night. Yeah, okay. Mori <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, made his, his debut, uh, his Premier League debut anyway, uh, after playing in that game because uh, Mustafi was out for some reason, you know, clown syndrome or something like that. <laughs> uh, and and Alexander Lacazette started on the bench again with Eddie Nikita started playing up front. Um David Moyes has never won at Arsenal in any of his, any of his teams. A record that has now gone on to 16 games. So, yeah, 16 away games at Arsenal, David Moyes has, has failed to win. Would you like to guess who is second place in that list? Is it Newcastle? It's not. It's also David Moyes. Oh. Uh, he's also failed to win in 15 visits to Chelsea. So, David Moyes does not oh. like going away. Certainly not. Um my favourite bit about this relating to David Moyes was um, obviously the goal was um, initially disallowed and then given yeah. given on VAR mm-hmm. and then afterwards David Moyes said, well, I would have taken the, the opinion of the referee on the field. Like, oh, well, of obviously. Course, of course he would. <laughs> of course he would. <laughs> Stupid man. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it was the most least offside goal I've seen a flag goal for. Yeah, it took them a while to figure it out as well. But um, you seem quite lucky here. West Ham had a lot of chances. Yeah, they could have been tuning up very, very early on. I say, uh, Jared Bowen hit the post. Uh, Antonio, if he could actually pass, um, would have or head or shoot, <laughs> <laughs> would have set up Haller for a, a, for him to blast over the bar, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Leno made a few decent saves as he tends to do every game now. Um, I think I think he could get paid by the save and 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 still come out on top. Are uh, we getting a, a, a Warby type wages with that kind of performance? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We we looked a bit laboured. To be fair, um, 
but we got the win and we're unbeaten in, in 12 games now I think it is it's our best run of the season seven Premier League games unbeaten we have had a lot of draws um, but we've lost we've lost less games than Man City this season well <laughs> that's, a mad, that's mad saying that isn't it it is yeah yeah first 13 draws we've had obviously uh, but yeah but when I was looking at the table obviously this we were talking a few weeks ago about this whole thing with um, with Man City being kicked out of the Champions League and whatever, fifth place is not suddenly open. And the way results have fell in the last couple of weeks, they showed the table on Match of the Day last night. And I was like, if we win our game and end on Wednesday, we could be fifth. <laughs> and I know we're playing Man City. Uh, obviously, Man United have won, so that's we can. I think we can only get to. Uh, I think we can get to seventh on goal difference if we win three nil. Um, but yeah, it's absolutely insane that we're we're kind of back in the hunt for European football. Yeah, how how do you feel about the way Arteta's setting you up? Because to be honest, it annoys me that you've got Aubameyang stuck out on the left with Enkedia playing through the middle. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't seem very very balanced to me. Like I, I'd want my me, me best players further forward, whereas Aubameyang seems to spend half his game having to track back and do you know we're left wing work. I think we're always going to be unbalanced because we don't have that left winger. I think I remember mm. saying in pre-season it was it's something we've been looking at for for two years now. We've been linked with left wingers every uh, every transfer window and it never bought anyone in. Um, Saka, Emery looked at Saka at the answer and I didn't agree with that, but he's been brilliant playing as a left back. Um, I think he's kind of hoping that. I think the plan is to do something very similar to. Oh, who is it? There's another team that plays this way. You kind of like you know like Man United play like. Two defect, two left backs, in a way, and that allows Martial to cut inside occasionally and whatever. I think the plan is for something like that because Tierney is very attack minded as um as a left back. So I'm I'm presuming that once he's back, because he's due back any time now, it will be him playing more left sided in a very similar way to how Kalasinak did last season, where he comes on the overlap and allows Abamyang to switch inside. Um, but a lot yes, of this, yeah. a, a lot of this, it then involves you know getting the best out of Ertzel, who he's playing better. He's definitely playing better under Arteta. Um, but because we're not, because we're because we're not as cavalier as as we have been in the past. I think Ertzel doesn't necessarily um, shine as much. Like I think yesterday was his um, his first assist of the season. And, really? Uh, well. Yeah, he got a lot of grief for heading the ball back, which I thought was strange because I didn't think he was going to score from there. He has scored. Definitely not. And so I thought it was a, a great, a great touch for him to head it back for lack of there. But yeah, he got a lot of grief for do, for doing that as well. Um, I don't know. I think there's going to be a lot of experimenting. I think if we weren't in the hunt for fifth, like fifth, sixth, seventh place, I think we'd probably see a lot, a lot more experimenting. Um, because obviously we've got players like Reese Nelson and stuff like that. And I imagine Reese Nelson could do a decent job out on the left for us. Um, but Lacazette to come back into a little bit of form, not enough to get him in the team. And and Eddie's not playing terribly. No, I mean, I, I kind of like that he's given him a goal. Because um, I think it's probably reached the point where he needs to have a run. And if he scores, then great, keep him around. If he doesn't, then maybe it's time to move him on. But, yeah. um, and I think that's probably... the thing. There's going to be a lot of movement in the summer. Yeah, I think going out the Europa League is actually going to hinder that for a lot of players because that was kind of their chance to, you know, to get a game. Um, whereas, as you say, the closer, the further up the table you go towards the top four, he's not going to take many more chances. He's going to be playing the best team he's got available to him. I would suggest. Yeah, that's it. I say, 
I think I think he knows what he wants to do. I don't think he wants us. I don't think he wants to play the formation we're playing. Mm. It's still very similar to what we played under under Emery, uh, and and kind of under Wenger towards the end. I think I think he he wants he'll probably set us up very similar to how Man City has set, set up at times because obviously he was behind a lot of the setting up of their tactics. But he just just don't have the players to do it at the moment. You know, if you drop, if you take Ertzel out, you've got no no one in the team can play that position. You, people would probably argue that Savoyas could, mm. but not really. Guendouzi's obviously been exposed by our new system uh, a little bit as well. Torreira's now out for a, a, a couple of weeks at least. Uh, so yeah, you know, and obviously Bellerin's having a bit of a rough time, so we're playing Socrates at right back. Who, strangely, he's doing quite a decent job. Um, oh God! Yeah, I think I think it is literally just it's a, he's patching the team together with what he's got, and our squad's been unbalanced for a while. And it's uh, yeah, he's if he's get he's, if he's getting these sort of results out of them as they are, you know, with you know no recognised left back uh, and stuff like that, it, it it could be interesting. But again, it depends on who who he goes out and buys. Well, as you say, it's going to be a very interesting summer. Um, mm-hmm. I think you'll have to pull off a bit of a coup really getting Arteta in. Because um, the one thing you would say about him is he's got ideas um, yeah. and he's not just going to come in and say, well, you've always played 4 2 3 one, so let's mm-hmm. just stick with that. You know, he's got his own ideas, whether he's picking them up from Pep or whether he's, you know, just got his own ideas in general, I don't know. But um, I think it can only be a good thing that he's going to do it his way and not just the way it's always been. Yeah, he's been very honest as well. Like he came out yesterday and said that we weren't good, but we won. Well. And he's like, that's all you can ask. You know, if you, if you, <laughs> you, you know, you go out, we didn't play well, but we won. And, and that's what good teams do. You know, I say we've sat here practically every week and saying, well, Liverpool didn't play very well, but they won. Ah, well, at this time of year, especially with, what is it, nine games to go, 10 games to go, um, just win. Worry yeah, about the yeah. performances just in the me, summer. Yeah, just, just give me the points, and then yeah, yeah, start start, start again. That's, that's exactly right. Um, but yeah, um, West Ham weren't terrible though. You know, I, I know they've had um, their troubles recently. You know, they've got a few players missing through injuries and stuff like that. Um, but again, it, it seems to be the same with like a lot of teams at the moment. They just lack that firepower up front. They're another team. They've got a forty million pound striker who just can't seem to score. Yeah, as you said earlier, they made a lot of chances. Um, they, must, they probably would have won on another day. Mm-hmm. I, I actually quite like Miguel Antonio as well. I think he's uh, a real handful. But yeah, he's a problem. Uh, he's a problem, isn't he? He is. Yeah. But he's like one of these who's like technique one, and everything else is quite <laughs> quite, <laughs> quite good. Um, so you kind of get a bit of a scattergun approach from him. Where he, yes, he's unplayable, but because he can, he finish. Not always. Um, uh, <laughs> Unfortunately, I think West Ham are going to be absolutely fine if they, if they play like that. But that's the thing. They, 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 they seem to raise their game against the bigger sides. Not them saying Arsenal are, could be considered a bigger side at the moment. No, but, but, then, histori- but then they'll play Norwich and so, lose yeah. or something. It's, it's really weird. Mm. I mean, their next game is Wolves. Who's, it's never an easy game. Wolves are very good. Mm-hmm. Then they go to Tottenham. Um, they've got Chelsea. They've got us away. They've got Burnley, Norwich. So that game with Watford at the start of May is looking uh, like it might be quite a big one. Uh, yeah, I don't think they'll go down, though. I think they'll be all right. No, I, I think you're right, but it's one of those where if they get relegated, it's, it's, it opens up a lot of possibilities. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, talking about relegation then, Norwich uh, continued their ascent, uh, well, descent towards the championship. 
losing 1-0 to fellow promotion, promoted team Sheffield United. Uh, Billy Sharp continuing his record of scoring against Norwich. He scored against them home and away last season. Uh, his second goal in a week for Sheffield United. Again, another winner. Um, so, yeah, both these teams are in the FA Cup quarterfinals now. So, I wonder if they'll be taking one eye off the league. Uh, or that could be argued that Norwich took one off the league. Which the minute Virgil van Dijk's goal went in on the first game of the season. Um... <laughs> I haven't really got that much to say about this. The only thing, apart from, at times it looked like a Sunday league game. Did you see that goal-mouth scramble when people were literally sitting on the floor? I mean, it was great. <laughs> Triple save from Henderson, double save, whatever you want to call yeah, it. But but... He did so well to keep it out, like fair play to him. I think he's, uh, you know, he's, thought, he's come through and he must be making a good shout to England's number one. Yes, I ten, Par- ten clean sheets this season. Apparently he can't play out at all though with the ball. Like he's not good with his feet, which I guess will count against him in uh, the modern world. But um, as an actual goalkeeper, he's been outstanding, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has been, been very, very good. And the only other thing is, when dear, which Premier League team will he be playing for next season? Well, apparently he really splits opinion um, in that he's excellent on the ball, but off the ball, he may well not be there. And that's why Farga hasn't played him every game this season. Because if you look through like Premier League stats for passes made and all this. He's in he's up there. I think yeah. he's in the top five for most of like the the sort of stats you'd see, like your De Bruyne's and, and, and that like in. And then watching him in this game, he looked pretty lively, you know, he you know, he mm. he, 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 he looked like you know, and if you, you take the, you know in some Sunday league teams you have that one player who's got a bit about him, but everyone <laughs> else is shit. Yes. That's what he looks like. He looks like he's there playing the passes in for some for nobody to get on the end of them or to <laughs> shank them wide constantly. And you think, what would he be like in a top six team? Well, there's no way he'll go that high, but uh, he's got like West Ham written all over him if they stay up. <laughs> to be fair, yeah, he is that kind of that kind of West Ham player. Uh, yeah. Obviously, he doesn't seem to get injured as much as West Ham would probably prefer. Um, but yeah, it, it's weird watching him. You know, he makes some good runs, he, he plays some good passes, and then... Somebody I've never heard of in a yellow shirt misses the ball or Pucky's... I don't know what he's doing. I'm sure he's not the same player that he was earlier on in the season. That's funny, isn't it? I think I made this point last time we were on that Pucky was brilliant to begin with, but it didn't take long for him to get figured out. Mm. But yeah, he missed a series in this game as well. But then Billy Sharp, who's terrible, goes. he's at the other end and he puts the ball in. Well, when he looks in, eh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Norwich are gone then, do you think? I'd say Norwich were gone weeks ago, to be fair. I'm surprised it's only a six-point gap for them. Like, I know it's only two wins, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not ev- exactly... Ev- everybody's been beating everybody else, haven't they? That's the problem at the moment. It, uh, it's so open, the Premier League, apart from the, the top position. Yeah, I mean, the next game is Southampton at home. Um, it's not impossible for them to win that. All of a sudden, a three-point gap of results go their way. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at their, their running, though, it's not not great. To they're be quite terrible honest. away as well, Norwich. Yeah, they've That's got a home. I don't think it matters who they're going to play. If they're away from home, they're not picking up any points. Well, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't mind Norwich. I think they've, they've played they've played it their way. They haven't uh, resorted to you know long balls over the top and like that. Yeah, they've, no, they've, 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 they've tried to play some good football. Yeah, the but only that, thing is, if they go down, well, if or when they go down, that team's probably going to get ripped to pieces. Probably, but they'll all go for a fair amount of money, I would think, yeah. uh, and that should allow them to uh, 
to rebuild and come back. Like, is, but... is, is Buendia their player or is he on loan? He's theirs, yeah, he was there last season yeah, as well. So, so, so I, imagine, I imagine he could get picked off. Uh, Aaron's will definitely go, I imagine. Uh, I imagine Jamal Lewis will go as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I suppose uh, Cantwell, there's a lot, to, a lot of talk around him at the moment, uh, especially after he uh, shushed Tottenham Hotspur fans well, in the week. Uh, uh, he I, became very popular. I kind of figured him out. Like, he, he plays incredible one game and then he gets super at half-time the next. Like, I don't know if he was injured yesterday or not, but he... Uh, he was taking it off at half time, which not the sort of player you want when you need to dig in, though, is he? Well, I guess not. No, but he is good for a goal, which they kind of need. So. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, it could be interesting with Norwich. Uh, I was going to say talking of interesting, but this game seemed anything. But Wolves took on Brighton in the last three o'clock of the day. Uh, yeah, in a in a week where there were five contenders for last on match of the day, <laughs> uh, this is the one that actually got it. Uh, yeah, Brighton, who we have praised. It seems like we praise Brighton all the time, but then their results, one winning 13 games now. But they <sighs> kept out a very good Wolves team. I know, it's so strange, isn't it? Like, <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? They, they, they got a point at Sheffield United last time out, which is you know, a pretty good result, um, with the way Sheffield United have been going, and then they got a point here as well. They're obviously quite good defensively. Brighton always have been, mm-hmm. um, with you know, Dunk and... Duffy and whoever else is in there at the minute. Dan Byrne, your favourite. Dan Byrne, the Geordie hero. Um, but they just seem to have lost the ability to score goals. Um, I, I, I think they might go down. Okay. I think when, you, when you're in that kind of form, I think it's, you know, obviously it's not too late, but they're, they're kind of only heading one way and it's quite difficult to turn that round. Yeah, I say that they've played some very good football this season, much better than other seasons where they've been involved in the you know in relegation battles and and stuff like that and I was really surprised I think it I think I say this every time I watch talk about Brighton I'm really surprised to see how badly they they are doing form wise um, you know I think we've seen them a few times where they've pulled off decent results. Well, well, the big worry the big worry for them is that they've got Arsenal next and then uh, they've got Man United they've got Liverpool they've got Man City. Um, they've got an away game at Norwich in between all that. Which, you know, I can't see them winning too many of those games, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, and you imagine the teams around them pick up a point. Well, exactly. So but then are. the one thing you would say is that in May they've got Southampton, Newcastle and Burnley. Um, so if they need to win the games to stay up, they'll have to do it right at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Wolves are still challenging for the top five. After they are six after Man United won today. Um, still in the Europa League as well. Probably arguing they got a decent draw against Olympiacos, um, but you know only a fool would take them lightly. Um, <laughs> you know, but yeah, that between them, Sheffield United and Man United at the moment, isn't it? But I say Arsenal and Spurs are, are chasing them down. Do you think they can finish in the top six? There's absolutely no reason why not. Um, unfortunately, they've got this kind of result in them where you know they're very good. I mean, they won at Spurs last weekend, which mm-hmm. isn't. Um, but then the draw at home to Brighton, it's it's kind of being their Achilles heel. I think it was was it last season they lost to Huddersfield home and away. Um, when when Huddersfield hardly beat anybody, but it seems to be just their their, their Achilles heel is beating teams expected to take the game to. They're very much a counter attack orientated team. Yeah, it is. It's, I've seen a few Wolves fans on, on, on Facebook this weekend uh, saying, how, you know, kind of airing their frustrations. Like, yeah, we, we you know we beat the you know the Man United, the 
the the Tottenham's and and stuff like that. And then yeah, we play Brighton, who we should be mauling over. And it's exactly as you say, yeah. That Huddersfield last season did the double over them, when Huddersfield didn't do the double over anybody. <laughs> didn't do the single over most teams <laughs> and stuff like that. So yeah, it, it's strange, you know. Like, they're holding Troyore back because he's still injured. Uh, he's got a shoulder injury, but he, he he still you know he still comes off the bench and and causes trouble. I think he's the first Premier League player to reach fifty take ons this season. Is he really? Well. Yeah, apparently he takes takes successfully takes on a player every eleven minutes. Well, but you're right. I mean, he's um, it's sure like he's popping out. And by the sound of things, he's desperate not to have the surgery because then he'll never get back in time for the Euros and he's hoping to go with Spain. I don't know. Phil Walker had the same problem. He continued and continued and eventually, I think it was an FA Cup game with Spurs. Oh, he yes. Went. Yeah. And then that's when he got stretched off and he was out for a considerable amount of time. Then, so, Well, hopefully not because I say Wolves... I wouldn't say Wolves depend on him because I've got to say, Diego Yotta, since he came back from injury, has been absolutely incredible. He has, hasn't he? Uh, he's, he's such a good little player. Um, him and Jimenez. I hope. I really hope Wolves can keep hold of both of them. I know there's a lot of talk of Jimenez going to to potentially Man United and stuff like that. But you know, um, would it, why would he go to a smaller club? <laughs> well, no, but I, I wouldn't be in any hurry to leave Wolves at the moment. No, I think they they, got a, they've got a great project there. But if 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 Nuno was to go for any reason, then they'd probably see a, a mass exodus. But. Uh, I don't think he will now. I can't see where he would go, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, that's it. I imagine a lot of clubs would come looking at him. I think he's, his contract hasn't got long to go. I, I understand. I've, I've seen Wolves fans are moaning about tying him down to a new contract and stuff, but he's the sort of manager who doesn't want to talk about any of that during the season. He just wants mm. to get the, you know, get all that done in the summer. Uh, right, so the final game from Saturday was Tottenham Hotspur, who travelled to Turf Moor to take on Burnley. And, wow. Um, Eric Dyer started the game. Uh, was after his... Uh, I can't think how, how best to put this. After his midweek drama? <laughs> his midweek lunacy. <laughs> what do you make of it? What do you, what do you make of him going into the stands to confront, confront somebody? I mean, it's not good, is it? <laughs> I can't imagine it's going to set a precedent of other people doing it, but it, it, it's he's lucky he didn't get lamped or, you know, mm. getting himself into some serious imagine bother. he'd have hit somebody, though. Well, it would have been worse. he'd have done a lot of damage. <laughs> Two, he'd have probably picked up a... But the record, I think the Spurs are expecting him to get a ban anyway, uh, which is, you know... That's good news for them, isn't it? Yeah, yeah but, you know, yeah, it's, it's really strange. Um, yeah, so he played. Uh, the only other, really, Spurs were terrible in this game. There were uh, like Mourinho hold off record signing and Dombele and uh, Ollie Skip at half time, refused to blame Ollie Skip for doing <laughs> anything wrong, but then has literally ripped and Dombele apart. I don't think he did that much wrong. He's had a, he's had a friend Dombele since day one. He kept, he kept saying he's always injured and all this kind of stuff. Does but... he just not like big name midfielders? Is that what it is? It's just his way, though, isn't he? he always picks he picks on somebody. You know, um, pick on Davidson Sanchez. He was terrible in this game. <laughs> well, oh. firstly, I mean, Mourinho set up with five centre-backs. Like, even Tony Pulis had a limit of four. <laughs> you know, oh, like, but they, this... they were playing Burnley, come on. You know, well, no, Vidro I... and Wood up front. Yeah, I know. Um, so that wasn't a great start, to be honest. And then, as you say, skipping and Dombele in midfield. What annoys us about Spurs is they've got so many players who don't have a position. Like, 
Eric Lamella, what is he? Yeah. Is he they're, like, they're like the players on Football Manager who have loads of positions. Uh, and you think, oh, yeah, they're versatile, <laughs> but like, what is he? Like, what, they're just they're just attacking players. Yeah. And, for, you know, if you're being generous, you say, well, it makes them very fluid. But if you're being critical, you just say, well, I've actually got a game plan. They just kind of go out mm-hmm. there and it's like, ah, oh, well, just, you know, do what you want. Yeah. Um, looked like a massive dive to me as well for the pen. So it went down in stages. Well, it's Ben Mee, though, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, don't get us wrong, Ben Mee was an idiot for sliding in like that, but like Lamella could have just taken the shot on and probably scored and for yeah. some reason chose to go down under minimal in a minimal contact. But mm-hmm. um <sighs> It was the only positive thing that Spurs did though. Yeah. In the game. That they, that they they look like Man United did when Marino was at Man United. <laughs> yes. They was just yeah. not they just plodded their way through the game. Yeah. I I, I can't the series ending well, to be honest. Um Mourinho seems more and more like a busted flush every week. Uh, obviously, it doesn't help that Kane and Son are out. Um, and obviously, he reminds us that every time he has an interview about the performances. But they're um, th- the first half here. They looked like they didn't know or like each other. Mm-hmm. Like it was barely a completed pass. But the I- thing is, right? This, but this is this is the same Spurs team we have seen for what three seasons now. Harry Kane has missed large chunks of the season every year. Mm-hmm. Son generally gets injured at least once a season as well. So they've had players who fitted in before. Moira can play as a striker. Lamella apparently has played as a striker before. Um, yeah, Deli Ali, I don't know what he is <laughs> and stuff like that. This the whole Troy Parrot situation. It seems strange to me. Uh, man plays more games for his country than he does for his club. You know, and he seems he seems to be all right. I hear a lot of people raving about him. You know, and the fans are go- fans are getting to Marino, and all Marino turns around and says, "Well, you wouldn't know what he looked like in a lineup." <laughs> and you know, you wouldn't be able to pick him up if I play- if I played him. You wouldn't know who he was. Like, why is he goading the fans? So I, I, I really don't get it. I don't get. No. I don't get what his game plan is. No, I don't get it either. Unless um, he, unless last day of the season he runs on that pitch and takes off his jacket, and he's got an Arsenal shirt on underneath. I really don't get what's going on there. It's very odd. Uh, I just I find it incredible they're only four points off fifth because I feel like they've had a much worse season than that. I think the problem is I think at one stage them and Chelsea were locked on fourth and fifth, yes, and then uh, suddenly it's gone mm. like last season where no one wants to finish in the top four again, uh, <laughs> and they've suddenly opened it up. Yeah, we Arsenal were like fifteen points or something away from the from the top six a few weeks ago, but then results have just happened as they have. And no one wants to win anymore. Yeah, Spurs Spurs form since the turn of the year. Very similar to last season. January come along, they fell to pieces. I, I really don't get it. They sacked Pochettino for this. I know, and it's not like... It's Marino's... delightful. <sighs> they really shot themselves in the foot. I mean, we're talking about where Nuno should go. If Mourinho leaves, Tottenham should be all over him like a rash, but... Uh... Why would anyone go there? I think I said this when Pochettino was sacked. Why would anyone go there? The players are obviously the problem here. Well, are they though? Like, they are clearly it's... not playing for the manager. Clearly, which apparently was the situation with with Poch as well. They they generally look like a team who who had either they'd either down tools because they didn't want to play, or it was the last game of the season. They had nothing to play for, and there's ten games to go. <laughs> yeah, well, there is that, and obviously Ericsson's gone, who was largely. Out of just being the bad apple because mm-hmm. he wouldn't sign a contract, but players like Alderweireld, who many thought was pretty much the best defender in the league, and until a couple of seasons ago, 
He looks absolutely awful now. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is a Spurs team, right? Who everyone lords as you know, even I've said, you know, they've on paper they've got a very good squad. They've gone to Burnley, come away from a draw and they're very happy with that. <laughs> you know, Loris with that, that save in the last ten minutes kept them in the game. It as a, if I was a Spurs fan, I'd, you know, I'd be furious with that. But uh, I, I don't uh, know. I really don't uh, know what's happening. Obviously, I try not to sp- speak to any Spurs fans because, you know, lesser beings and, and stuff like that. But you'd think as an Arsenal fan, I'd be loving this. And I can't, in a way, I kind of am. But it's just hard to fathom. It is hard to predict as well. Like They seem to lurch from one game to the next in terms of performances, systems, who plays, who doesn't play. Um, they're probably not going to overturn that against Leipzig. I wouldn't have thought either. So that's you know Europe's going to be done with next week. Yeah, the the Mourinho bubble surely has burst now, though. No, definitely. I mean, there's a real chance they won't be playing Europe at all next season. Oh, don't get my hopes up, Dave. Don't <laughs> get my hopes up. That's I know, but... in the league. Well, the thing is, well, if you think about that next season, they don't have European commitments, and they get their shit together over the summer. That might be a bit of a different proposition. Well, I don't know. There's already talk of Harry Kane leaving. That's never going to go away, though, is it? It, it? Yeah, I suppose. But, you know, if Mourinho's coming in and, and driving a wedge in between that team like he has done at other clubs, you know, do the players suddenly want to go? And, as I say, that there's some very good players in, in, in that squad. The thing would, is... It would probably fit into other systems and other teams better. I think if Harry Kane went to Daniel Levy and said, I don't like Jose Mourinho, if he leaves, if he stays, I'm going. Oh yeah, Jose I mean, Mourinho will be on the next floor. Exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. So I think if it came downward, I think there's certain players in that club who have got a lot of sway, Kane being one of them. But at the same um, time, if he just turns around and says, look, I want to go, that's well, their new yeah. stadium paid for. Well, that's true, yeah, but he seems like a, a bit of a homeboy. I think he'd want to stay here forever if he could. Players want to win trophies, though, Dave. <laughs> well, you don't know, we all? You know, he might actually stay fit for a whole season somewhere else. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, Sean Dodge could probably consider himself. I think he was more disappointed with the point than than anybody at Tottenham. It, it was really, really strange, and you know, so yeah, Spurs at Spurs, at, who had fifth place practically locked down a few weeks ago, are now down to eighth, and they're only a point ahead of Arsenal, uh, who are you know who've got a game in hand. It's my hope that since the turn of the year it's been so different. I mean, the real uh, wild card in all this is Leicester as well. I know we're talking about the top four race, but Leicester dropping like a stone in terms of winning points, which just happened. They can't win a game anymore. Uh Um, Their game with Villa tomorrow night looks pivotal, really, um, in both their seasons because Villa can go from 19th to, to 16th and Leicester been chased down from looking like almost title challengers at one point to now being I think it's five points ahead of Man United but yeah. you know and what Man, Man United's form is red hot and, Liverpool, and Leicester's is uh, anything but yeah. Spurs play Man United next weekend as well after obviously going to Le- Leipzig in midweek mm. yeah. Man United got, got that made up team in the Europa League didn't they oh yeah Les- Lesk Lisk Lask Lask yeah, I think yeah, but, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah that's and then they've got so yeah, Man United, West Ham, Sheffield United are a team around where well they're above them in the table, uh, and stuff like yeah. that. Everton, who 
I suppose arguably could be kind of in the mix, I suppose. Bournemouth, there's three points. Well, no, Bournemouth have a good record against Spurs, I suppose. And then, yeah, going towards the end of April, you've got the North London derby. Um, and then they've got you guys, Leicester and Palace. So it's a, it's a, it's a mixed running. Mm. But I think, yeah, looking at with games against Man United, Sheffield United, us and Everton, Spurs, yeah, you're right. Spurs could finish outside the European places and... You know, and how long does some you know, and you know, you re- well, you record signing in Dombele being isolated by his manager. How long is it? He hasn't. I'm guessing he doesn't strike me as the sort of player who's going to put up with it. So does he suddenly turn around and say, "I want to go," and they're not getting their money back for him, are they? Because he has he's it's he hasn't been terrible, but he hasn't set the Premier League alight. Ah, uh, he's got loan to Milan written all over him in in <laughs> August. <laughs> Yeah, really, really interesting uh, end to the season for Spurs, I think it'll be. Right, on to Saturday's games. Uh, Chelsea started us off hosting Everton. Everton had been on a good run of form uh, under Carlo Ancelotti. Uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin scored eight goals in his ten games under uh, Ancelotti, so Ancelotti is obviously a miracle work. <laughs> um, Chelsea, though, with the big surprises, uh, Kepa came back into goal uh, for his first before, uh, first appearance since the end of January. Uh Chelsea's one of their own, Billy Gilmore. Uh, bad news, Chelsea fans. He's only played for you for two years. He's actually from Rangers. Um, but if you look on social media, and I don't know if you've noticed this. So Billy Gilmore burst onto the scene. Re- he's been known about it for a while. He's, he's, he's played two games this week and been brilliant in both of them. A lot of, a lot of uh, Chelsea fans and pundits stating how they Chelsea have been talking big things about him for years. Despite <laughs> him only signing for Rangers two years ago. Um and then, like Chelsea fans, like on Twitter, going on about, oh yeah, you know, he's come for our youth system. You know, he's one of our own. Like, no, he really isn't. It's it, it's mad. You know, it drives me insane. Uh, Olivier Giroud continued up front as well. Um, Ross Barkley, who had a good game in midweek in the cup, uh, continued his form by setting up the first three goals in a four 0 win against his former employers. I didn't see this coming. Did you? Uh, certainly not. Um... Chelsea never keep clean sheets for a start, mm-hmm. um, but Everton were, were poor. Um, they, were, they were very bad, weren't they? They've been they good were. in recent weeks, but yeah. And Chelsea, yes, we've sat here and said that Chelsea have been very good a few times this season, but not this good. And rarely at home as well. Yeah. Um, they've kind of been good on the counter-attack, um, but it really helped that Everton stuck with this 4-4-2, which has been quite useful for them. Um, but away from home against a you know, a good, energetic team like Chelsea. It's very easy for them to get through that midfield. Yeah, and so Everton made it so, so easy for them. Uh, Gilmore, I find it strange that, so Gilmore got man of the match when Barkley set up three of the four guys. I know, I thought that was a bit, a bit weird. You know, it was, that was nice, he played well and he's young, but he wasn't the best player on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also, Chelsea also brought on another young player, uh, Andurin, I believe his name is. Made his yeah, no, he... debut late on. Now he looked like he'd won a competition because he smashed a volley in the <laughs> yeah, first set. Was... Went nowhere near, and then they brought on another kid called Faustino or something or other. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it was, it was youth day at Chelsea. Yeah. Batchwise Bach- just sat there being like, uh... <laughs> yeah. Apparently, Anjurin has got quite a record for scoring goals for 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 a midfield player in in the um, under twenty three and under eighteen leagues. 
uh, supposed, supposed to be very highly regarded. In, uh, I think he was the seventh player, and obviously the love of Landy Cameron's on Bob's the eighth uh, player under 23 or under 21 to, to come into the Chelsea team uh, this season. Last season, only one player came through, and that was uh, Hudson Adoy. No, I mean, fair play. They've stuck their guns of bringing through the youth this season, and uh, at the moment they're on, on course for a fourth place finish, which is. Probably better than a lot of people would have, would have predicted, given uh, the circumstances. Definitely, uh, but yeah, it looked like the Chelsea of old, though, didn't it, with Pedro and Willian getting on the uh, on the oh, score sheet? Pedro always turns off for like one weekend a season. So, <laughs> uh, and yeah, Giroud uh, did his his chances of keeping his place uh, no harm by by getting the fourth. Yeah, I don't think he's done a lot wrong since he came back in. He's uh, he's better at linking the player than than Abraham and Batshuayi are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Abraham's um, still injured, isn't he as well? Yeah, and I mean, he kept getting injured and they finally bit the bullet and said, you know what, instead of playing you injured, we're just going to send you away for a bit to get better. Uh-huh. Fancy that. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Ancelotti was furious after the game. And, and yeah, rightly so. They were, they were so poor. You know, they just literally fell to pieces. I, I don't really have anything to say about a single Everton player because they were all so bad. No, I mean, Calvert-Lewin missed their best chance by um, putting that one-on-one wide, but... Um, that was pretty much all I had to shout about all afternoon. They were uh, awful, pretty much. Yeah, uh, I think big changes will be probably made there at the end of the season. Definitely, you know, when 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 you're losing at half time and you're bringing on Theo Walcott. <laughs> mm, well, it's, it's I think I think with what they've got nine games to go, I can imagine they'll be uh, experimenting quite a bit over the remaining games. Yeah, Tom Davies seems to get getting his, his his place back in the team in recent weeks, but doesn't look the player he was when he first broke into the team. No, he doesn't seem as energetic as he used to be. Yeah. Um, he used to cover a lot of ground, and they've got obviously him, Gomez, Sigurdsson. Like they're all quite good technicians, but got no legs between them. So yeah, because um, Davis was the one that Ancelotti was calling over and putting his instructions through, which I found very strange. I know he's captain the side and stuff like that, but. He doesn't. He still doesn't strike me as like a first-team player. <sighs> if you know what I mean. No, that's the thing. They haven't really got many leaders in that team, have they? I mean, and Coleman was the captain, but is he injured at the moment? More than likely, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, very, very strange. I, said, I, I didn't. I maybe saw Chelsea winning the game, um, but I definitely didn't see them like blow, blowing everything. Like they took their foot off the gas. To be fair, in the second oh, half, as you, as you say, well, they, they blew them away. They're bringing on these sixteen-year-olds, seventeen-year-olds, whatever they are, um, and they didn't look any worse for it. <laughs> they still dominated the last twenty minutes. So. Uh, and then, so on to the big game of the day. Then the Manchester derby with uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer going up against Pep Guardiola. Um, Kevin De Bruyne, who we discussed earlier on, is probably one of the best players of the season so far. He missed out. Phil Foden uh, kept his place uh, after a man-of-the-match performance in the Carabao Cup final last week. Uh, a lot of people made a big deal that he didn't play in the Cup game in midweek, but now you can say he was rested, really, can't you? Um, <laughs> Harry Maguire recovered from injury to, to come back in for Man United. Uh, John Stohan's not even in the squad. <coughs> I mean, this whole team that Man City put out... It, you mentioned the Carabao Cup there. This looked like a Carabao Cup lineup. Like I, I was looking at the team and thinking, God, you take De Bruyne out and for some reason you rested Mares, who's been behind De Bruyne, probably their best player this season. Um, he had Zinchenko in at left back. He had Otamendi starting, which has been quite rare. Cancelo, who, you know, right, he's a good player, but hasn't really been a regular for them. Um, and uh, 
really don't get why he played forward and wide and Bernardo Silva through the middle. Like just play forward in his best position. Yeah. Uh, I think he ended up switching them or subbing Bernardo anyway. But it's, I don't get it. Like I know that as I said earlier, they've got the Champions League to come. They've got an FA Cup game to come. But they've also got another league game on Wednesday against Arsenal. Now, mm-hmm. if I'm going into the Manchester derby and I've got the home game with Arsenal coming up, I'm going to prioritise the Manchester derby because it's, it means more to the fans. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, and they haven't exactly got a good record against Man United this season either. I think this is obviously they lost the home league game. They only just beat them in the Carabao Cup, having... You know, I think it was they they won at uh, at Old Trafford and then got beat at the Etihad. So really needed to kind of get one over uh, over Solskjaer for for the fans' sake and nothing else. Okay. Um, and there was they were poor today, very very poor. Um, they had a bit of a rally in the second half, but I never really felt like they were going to score. Yeah, Solskjaer's now done the double over uh, Guardiola. Actually, three. Wins against him since the beginning of December. Uh, <laughs> transferred the cup game as well. Um, yeah, say Man United profiting on Edison mistakes, like someone fucking with all these hand wash from Tesco's. <laughs> Edison was poor, wasn't he? He, he did not make well, things easy. Well, he should have saved the first wall. I mean, it's, it's, it's a well worked free kick, but the shot is bread and butter for most goalkeepers. I would suggest. Um, he nearly let one in the second half when he just miscontrolled a back pass and Marshall ended up nearly decapitating his leg on the post, but never mind. Uh, and then obviously an injury time. I think Martin Tyler said the ball got stuck on his gloves or something. But Yeah, I thought, I thought I, that was really strange. Yeah, it's stuck in his gloves. He just hoofed it clear badly. didn't see McTominay and McTominay like, humped, humped it back, basically. Yeah, I mean, fair play like the McTominay because that isn't the easiest technique to bend that in from yeah. there in wet conditions but um, he took it very well I found it strange that McTominay didn't start I think it's just because he's been injured um, he, I'm pretty sure he played on Thursday against Derby um, I think it was probably easing him back because he's had a couple of injuries uh, this season so they obviously don't want to overwork him but um, I thought Maddish actually did alright which is rare in itself yeah I found it strange he just agreed a new contract yeah, I mean his legs have his legs have been gone for about three years now, but I guess he's good up around the place for experience, a bit like one matter in many ways. Um what did you make of uh, the Fred penalty slash dive? Um it, I don't think there was enough contact. Uh, I I don't think it's a dive, but I don't think you know There was contact. And I thought the rule was, if there was contact, it would be a penalty. Hence why we were like, way Wil- Wilfred Zahar, top scorer in the Premier League, uh, you know, top penalty <laughs> winner in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then they've come out and said there wasn't enough contact, is the official reason it wasn't given. What? So he was fouled, but he wasn't fouled enough. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. guess it's one of those where they've stuck with the ref's on-field decision. Especially when that. you look at the free kick that led to Man United's first goal. When I wouldn't consider that a foul. I mean, I've seen that back several times now, and I still can't understand how Mike Dean saw that as a foul. Like you yeah. stood stood about three yards away from it. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it would have been rough justice. I don't. Think. I mean, uh, I'm not. I don't think it was a dive anyway. But I, I would, probably wouldn't have overturned it for a penalty either. Yeah. 
really really strange um yeah clever free kick that wasn't it from from bruno yeah i mean he's just brilliant isn't he yeah he um, looks good doesn't he unfortunately not doing he's a good player he seems to be the organizer as well mm-hmm. he um i saw him rollock and dan james a few times for Dan James must be so annoying to play with because he's rabid, mm-hmm. but he, but he has no brain whatsoever. Like yeah. he, he just kind of make the right decision in the final third. This game looks set up for Dan James as well. The way exactly. Man City was set yeah. up, he burst away down that right hand side multiple times. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, can't play a pass, can he? You know, he had that one shot, um, which okay, uh, Edison actually got forced Edison to make a save, but Solskjaer did not look happy <laughs> with him afterwards. I'm not surprised. Um, but yeah, you know, the Ottomendi's challenge on Fred. Uh, yeah, I, I don't get it, especially after the free, the free kick. Um, but yeah, Man United, they come, they, they they had a plan. The plan was to not let Man City dominate them, and Man City had a lot of the ball, but yeah, just couldn't score. But Edison, I don't get it. Like how he doesn't save Martial's shot, I'm not even sure. And then yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a gift for the for the second I suppose. But it wasn't the first error. It was the, weren't the only errors he made. He made that one error that almost led to uh, Martial scoring and, and breaking his leg against the post. Um, he just didn't look. I don't know. Just didn't look with it at all, did he? He didn't, and he hasn't had many off days since he arrived. I mean, mm-hmm. he's obviously made the odd mistake where he's come over his goal and he's, you know, being caught thirty yards out of position, that kind of thing. But. Uh, these were actual goalkeeping errors as opposed to, you know, playing out errors. Um, it's just poor. It's some man city up, really. Yeah, very, very strange. Um, everything's looking bright and rosy for Ole again, though, isn't it? Yeah, as I said just there, Fernandez has made a huge difference to the way they play. Um, been actually impressed with the Galo as well, and we didn't, we didn't get much of a run out today, but... Um, He's been far better than I thought he was going to be. Mm-hmm. Unbeaten in ten, Man United now. God, really? I saw they had some like six clean sheets in seven games or something like that, or some sort of ridiculous stat. But Harry Maguire, I thought was excellent as well, and uh, I'm usually the first to criticise him because I thought he was over. I thought he was overrated, but um, I thought he was actually spot on to do. Yeah, I'd say. The thing is, though, as yes, Man United have had a good game, but do you think against another opponent? They would have got the same result. Well, it's hard to say, isn't it? I, I don't. I think know you Man's... can only beat what's in front of you. Oh yeah, I, I don't think Man City. And you mentioned as well, Solskjaer's record against Guardiola is spot on because, in many ways, it's one of those where the way Guardiola plays is actually perfect for the way Solskjaer wants to play, and that one team has a lot of the ball, overcommits, and then Man United can counter attack with you know James Rashford, Martial, whoever's on the field, um, and sometimes you just get the sort of matchup where. It's ideal for, for one manager and not the other. Um, that certainly seems to be the case with these two, which is probably annoying to Man City because this is one team you want to be able to beat at your local rivals. But mm-hmm. um, I, don't, I thought he did himself no favours at all today with the team he picked. And then I don't get it as well when you're getting beat 1-0 and you take off Aguero. I don't, I don't get... No, I, I, it's, yeah. it's... Pep and Aguero, their relationship is so strange. I just feel like Pep's desperate for him to fail so he can play Jesus. But if he ever plays Jesus ahead of Aguero and Jesus doesn't score, you know, he gets rollicked. He's like, oh, how can he leave Aguero out? And, you know, this and that, the other. But he's absolutely, he's absolutely desperate for it to happen. I don't get how David Silva doesn't come off the bench in that game. Because Man United... I, 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 clinging on would be harsh on Man United. 
but they were definitely the, the defending team in that game. City, oh, yeah. City were very much the aggressors. And David Silva is the sort of player who is going to come on and, you know, exploit... You know, they're playing a back three of Shaw, Maguire and Lindelof. He's going to come on and be able to exploit that because he's, you know, he's capable of those those tricky passes and stuff like that. But, no, leave him on the bench as well. Very strange. You know, don't get me wrong, Pep Guardiola is he's obviously a very good manager, but he's, he's made some strange decisions. Like, against Real Madrid in the Champions League the other week... Like he, the team he put out there, we like practically no strikers, and but they came away with a, a result there. It, 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 it's weird. One minute it works, the next minute it doesn't. Yeah, well, as you said today, that Champions League game, man, man, they managed to go out of that now. Mm-hmm. It's a very miserable season for them. I know, yeah. Um, so, Ole is obviously getting the best out of what he's got at the moment. There's talk of a rebuild in the summer. Um. Pogba is still to come back into the team and I'll be honest, if I was a Man United fan I would be very excited at the thought of a midfield of Bruno and Pogba <laughs> but that yeah. is mouth-watering for me, because Pogba on his day is probably the best midfielder in the world and Bruno I... is showing he wants to be right up there I think there's absolutely no chance of Paul Pogba being there this time well, in August, I think he'll be long gone You reckon? Because yeah. What I would do if I was Ola is I'd be like, look, I will build the team around you. Oh, I think which is the right thing to do. Yeah, but I think uh, is it R- Renola, the agent? I think yeah. there's too many bridges being burned there. Yeah, I suppose. But the thing, it would be very difficult as well because what Man United look like next season in a dream scenario, and you listen to all this transfer talk, is oh, you're Jaden Sancho's, you're your Harlands, and you this, you that, right? Okay, this is a team that had to sign Igarlo <laughs> in January because no one else wanted to come. You know, players were turning them down left, right and centre. This is a team that's got players like like Brandon Williams and, and that lot in the team who aren't quite ready, you know, aren't quite, you know, up to the standard. If you start dropping more and more world-class players into that team, there will still be an awful lot of ordinary in there and, and, and stuff like that. And, do you think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer could... Do you think if they did go out and build this dream team that they're talking about, with your Sancho's and your Pogba's and your Bruno's, do you think do you think Ole could get the best out of them? Because he's looked a bit it... clueless at times. I know. and It seems like Fernandez has kind of turned it around for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, who knows? Maybe if you've got, if you've got players that are that good, it'd probably make your life a lot easier as a manager. Strange because so, so people are praising him now because he's he, you know he's got the better of, of Pep again, mm. but the, but then you know a couple of weeks' time when they play, I don't know, say Watford or somebody and they they don't win, what happens then? I wonder. I think the, the end of this season, I'm not that I'm wishing the last ten get nine games of the season away. I think the end of the season is going to be very interesting for a lot of teams, especially well, with well, the Euros going on as well. Yeah, if it goes on, but. Yeah. What you would say is if you're Man United and Pochettino sat there unemployed, mm. where, at what point do you think, well, you know, Solskjaer's doing all right, but 
Pochettino can take us to the next level. Yeah, because that's the thing as well. You you got to think you got to think of these big these big players will be keeping an eye out at clubs like Man United who are going to have these big rebuilds. You know, mm-hmm. you got so you've got like your Arsenal's, your Liverpool's, and, and, and your Man United's. There's, there's a lot of talk that so Liverpool are probably going to need quite a few players next season because you know you've got your Henderson's, your Milner's, you know they're not getting any younger and whatever. So they're looking at players next season. Arsenal obviously going to have a big overall. Tottenham are potentially going to have a big overall, and obviously Man United. If you're a player, are you which project are you looking at? So I'm not saying Arsenal are going to go out and say sign Jaden Sancho. It would be incredible. But the project that Arteta's got going, to me, is slightly more attractive. Than what's going on at Man United at the moment, where they're literally just kind of plodding through it. Yeah. Yeah, and it would be the same at Spurs. Okay, Spurs are getting themselves into a position where they're potentially going to invest next season and whatever, but then Mourinho's alienating all his players and stuff like that. And then you've got someone like Wolves who are just coming in and saying, well, look, we play fantastic football and we bring all you, you know, entertaining, attractive football, you know. So, you know, you could have someone like Wolves coming in and, and, and snatching up big, big European talents. And stuff like that as well. Like if if, yeah. if you're Jaden Sancho, are you want to go and sit, are you going to go and play on the left wing with Dan James on the right wing? <laughs> Possibly not. And, and, and yeah, that's it. You know, so I think you're right. When the board will probably have to take a look at some point and say, well, yeah, Ole's doing all right, but is he going to bring in the big name players? You know, he he hasn't done so so far. You know, yes, Igarlo's doing all right, but you cannot tell me he was the. If if Ole Gunnar Solskjaer had given Man United a list of five, ten, fifteen strikers to Ed Woodward in January and said, "Go and get me one of these," I'm telling you right now, Igalo wouldn't have been on any of those pieces of paper. No, definitely not. not. I don't think there's a single Premier League manager who would have asked for Igalo because else he would have transferred weeks into the into like the beginning of January, you know, and that's that's scary if you know what I mean. But, but we shall see. Um, anything else you want to go over while we're here, sir? Um, no, not not especially. I say I'm quite intrigued to see how the season's going to pan out. It's uh, shaping up to be quite interesting for the last was it nine, ten games? Yeah, nine, nine games for most clubs now. <coughs> uh, but yeah, very very interesting. Uh, Championship Manager podcast going really well. Yeah, two two episodes, episodes, two episodes so far. Um, we've got. Episode three, we're just putting that together now, which will be out in a few weeks, certainly out in March anyway, uh, which will be covering uh, Chapman 2, so everything except 97, 98, so 95 through it all, about 97. Um, we look like we're going to have uh, Johnny Gabriel on, um, who people will know from Twitter. Um, we're just sorting out a few other things now, but that's what's coming up. And then we've got Tommy Swindle Larson lined up for April's episode. Managed to track down uh, Kennedy back at Glugglugglugglug. Uh, we've got a whole team of people working on it, I promise. Yeah. I, I, he, he, I think he was my favourite player on the old championship manager. Yeah, everyone's got a lot of time. Basically, if you're from Sweden and you're playing football between 97 and 2002, you're probably very, very good. Yeah, him, <laughs> him, him and the mythical Tonton Zola Makoko. Yeah, I don't know how Sweden didn't win every tournament going, to be honest. <laughs> But yeah, no, I've, I've enjoyed the two I've listened to, so yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to the next one. Uh, please pimp your website and stuff, sir. Uh, so on Twitter, we're at cm9798, and the website is cm9798.co.uk. Excellent. I understand Ross is trying to win the title with Liverpool in some kind of... Y- yeah, so, so Ross, uh, his blog is on Thursday, and he, as you say, is just trying to win the league with Liverpool. Um, 
he's given himself you know 22 years to do it but i've got faith he could do it excellent uh you can find us at man on the post on all of your social medias uh check us out check out the other shows as well you got chris and the gang uh with their um midweek show um there's a european show every now and again there's um i forgot the name of it the one the ladies do unusual efforts unusual efforts yeah that's the one check them out as well uh yeah and that's about it uh wash your hands <laughs> stop buying toilet paper why do you need so much toilet paper for a flu virus um yeah and that's about it and, and most importantly uh don't panic and always remember to keep your man on the post Boom. Yeah, well.